Welcome to Shatterproof. I am your host, Todd Callahan, here on the Charisma Podcast Network. You can follow me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. You can download our app by searching your Google Play Store and your App Store for Ignite Church VT, or you can follow us online at IgniteChurchVT.com. Obviously, everything that's happening around the nation has shaken us to the core. Everything all over the world seems to be just going crazy. We've got no baby formula on the shelves. Inflation is sky high. We've got mass shootings happening. Um, uh, Gas prices are off the charts. Gender identity is at the forefront of the conversation. People are losing money in their 401ks. Food prices have shot up. And politicians think they are the answers. Politicians think they have the answers to everything that's happening around the world. Listen, you cannot legislate morality. You cannot legislate moral authority. You can't legislate integrity. And you certainly can't legislate values. Those things are learned. They they become a part of who you are based on how you were raised, based on your faith, based on your convictions. There is nothing that Joe Biden and Congress is going to do to stop any of this. You can try to control, you can try to control guns. You can, you, you can try to do that. You can try to control every element of the culture, but nothing will change until Jesus becomes part of and, and is at the forefront of this conversation. I'm so sick and tired of people around this nation thinking that politicians are going to be able to, 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 to stop what's happening around the, around the country. They're trying to control guns. They're trying to control food, vital resources, money. They're trying to control the news. You know, the whole disinformation governance board. That was a joke. To believe that the government has the right to dictate to you and I what's truth and what's not is a complete farce. What a joke. They're trying to control communications. They're trying to control religion. They're trying to control your faith. That happened in, in 2020 and 2021 when the government was telling you you couldn't go to church. Do you remember that? How quickly we forget. I'm grateful that there are other people around this nation just like me here in America. I don't know what part of the world you're listening to Shatterproof from right now, but never let go of your right to freely worship. And I'm grateful for people who are like-minded like me who stood for truth and stood for righteousness and stood for freedom. But there's a ripple effect that's happening all over this nation and throughout the world. I'm actually preaching about it right now on Sunday mornings, what God has been burning and developing in my spirit. And it's birthed out of this this passage in Naaman, where Naaman, who was captain of an army, he was a great man uh, with his master, highly respected because God had given him the victory in a certain place. And he was hiding some leprosy beneath his, underneath his uniform and, and behind his clothes. He was, he was not allowing that leprosy to be seen because back in those days, if you were known to be an unclean person and you had leprosy, you had to declare that when you walked into a certain environment or you walked into a room. You had to shout unclean, unclean to let everybody know that, that, that you had a disease. And there are so many areas of our culture and of our life right now, just like you see in Second in, in Kings chapter 5, that we try to cover up and mask when it's truly a disease and it's causing us to get sicker and sicker and sicker. Every single generation seems to be plagued with a greater 
level of sickness. And all over this culture right now, we're seeing this, this sickness ripple through generations. And there, there may have been many statements and words that have been spoken about various ideas and processes of thoughts over the years and uh, from delif- different political systems that have spoken into the culture. And I believe a lot of that stayed rooted from philosophy all the way to, you know, the word of God. From our, from our schools to our churches, words are regurgitating from generation to generation and legacy is created from one culture to another because what you sow, you are going to reap. And I remember being in high school back in 1993, 1994, when I graduated high school, my senior year was built around fighting against these two organizations that were trying to come into our, our high school and talk about homosexuality and talk about um, gender identity, even all the way back then. And that was on the cutting edge of that conversation. And so myself, along with uh, many other people in our school, fought against that and pushed against that. And they were trying to do this during school hours. It's like, if I go to school, I want to be taught. I don't want to be indoctrinated. So we pushed back on that, a lot of us. And there was a big blowout about it. The, the, our school auditorium was packed. We had news media in there. There was a congresswoman, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, from D.C. that was trying to speak into it, um, you know, and just cause all kinds of garbage to be, to be um, churned up while I was pushing back against all of this indoctrination that was ungodly, that, 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 that was against my value system. So eventually, and what we were pushing for is like, listen, if you want to teach this stuff and you want to propagate this stuff, then, then do it after school where we have a choice whether or not we want to attend. They didn't want to give us a choice. And now you've got parents like me in this generation, and we're seeing what's happening. It's coming full circle again, but it's at a completely different level. And you've got some parents that are like, ah, it'll pass. You know, it passed back in the 90s. We didn't have to deal with it too, too long back then. Listen, you can't give up on fighting for truth and righteousness. You must stand for what is right. You must stand for what is moral. You must stand. And hold yourself strong when these winds of immorality begin to blow. Your children are worth it. Your grandchildren are worth it, just like mine are. But there are these, there's a harvest being reaped right now because of the seeds that were sown in a previous generation. Now, a ripple is when something is tossed or thrown into the middle of stillness. If you think about a still pond or a still lake, and you take that rock and you throw it way out there, you can see how far that ripple effect occurs and it causes nothing to be agitated and the ripples will occur for many feet or in some cases depending on what it is maybe for miles and it's a continuous spreading of results and actions and events and what we are witnessing not just in this text but in this culture right now are ripples there's a ripple effect when you read this scripture in the life of Naaman and it doesn't start in the text that that you read right here at the beginning in, in Romans chapter 5 uh, verse 1 it begins long before that long before that and there's something brewing here with Naaman in this passage of scripture and there's something brewing in our culture right now and sometimes you can miss the mark and miss the destination because we're not recognizing that the power is in the journey 
And maybe, you know, you look at Elijah and Elisha, you get here after successful ministry and Elijah the prophet is on his way to be with God and he's about to be caught up in a whirlwind and he's walking with his protege Elisha. And the Bible says that as they're walking, he gives Elisha some words to cause a ripple effect in his mind. He gave him advice and tells him to stay in Gilgal. Elijah says to Elisha, as long as the Lord uh, lives, I will not leave you. And he gets to Jericho and Elijah says, I need you to stay here. Elisha's like, no. As long as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. Then they get to the Jordan. He tells him to stay at the Jordan. Elijah says, you know, boy, didn't you, know, didn't you hear what I'm telling you? Elijah, Elisha says, I'm not going anywhere. If you go, I'm going. And before he departs, he says, is there anything I can do for you? And he looks in him, him in the face and he says that I might receive a double portion of your spirit. There are a lot of Christians in the earth right now that want a double portion. They want to go to the next level. But if you can't fight and stand for truth and righteousness and God's kingdom here at this level, how are you going to be, be able to do it at the next level? There are ripples that are happening right now in this moment in our history. I don't care who you're running with. I don't care what protege or what mentor you have got in your life right now. If you can't stand for truth right now, how can you stand at the next level? Because the next level is going to be more difficult. There's going to be more winds. There's going to be greater fires. There's going to be a greater adversary. And now we're seeing some of that in this corridor of history, which is, which is spread throughout this generation. And now we're looking, if you look back at Naaman, you can assume that this story is in isolation, but it's truly in response to a ripple, something that has taken place before Naaman's mother ever met his father, something that had taken place before, uh, you know, um, the king had ever hired him to, the, to be the commander of the army. He was always heading in this direction. And I want you to know that there is nothing happening in your life right now that has happened by accident. We all went through 2020 and 2021 and all that we experienced, we experienced it together on purpose. And I've said it many, many times. This was, an, this was a direct intentional attack to see what kind of freedoms could be taken away. This was a direct intentional attack by many politicians in this nation to see how easily we would cave and give up our freedoms. And now here we go. They're talking about guns, that we've got food issues, we've got fuel and energy issues. And how many more freedoms? How many more rights do we have in this nation? How, How many more? How much do you hear about the American dream? You don't even hear the words American dream talked about anymore. This culture doesn't even know what it's like to go after an American dream. Forget the dreams that God has called you to walk out. Those are way beyond what many people can, can, can internalize or get a vision for because they're just trying to get through every day inside the territory that God's given them to occupy. How do I buy groceries? How do I fill my car up? I know there's pastor friends of mine that I've talked to and they're seeing an attendance decline because gas prices are so high. People have to save their gas and they're not even going to church. They're just watching online. We can't be that kind of culture. We cannot give Burger King, McDonald's, and Wendy's money that, that you know you could use to enrich your spiritual journey with God to help touch your heart, touch your mind, touch your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being. But because you say, I'm not going to be willing to put that stuff into, into my gas tank to get to church, but but I will give it to McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's. Your priorities are out of order. Our culture's priorities are out of order, but that plays right into the hands of the politicians that have intentionally set us up to fail in our morality. But the trouble that you had endured 
was just a stone thrown into your life because it was really a direction that you would not normally go or organically go. So sometimes God has got to throw a stone in the middle of your decisions so you'll go where he wants you to go. How many people stayed home during the past two years during COVID? So many people. I'm grateful for our church. The majority of people showed up. The majority of people were here. We had some that stayed home, but the majority of people at Ignite Church in Williston, Vermont, showed up week after week after week. Even in the middle of gas prices being high, our church is full. We had an incredible service this past week. I talked to a, to a couple that was driving almost an hour away just to get to church. Could they save the gas money? Of course they could. But God's going to test your decisions. He's going to test your virtue. He's going to test your obedience. So it's the ripples in this passage of scripture that sent Naaman in this direction. And we don't know why they went in this direction. We don't know how he met the king. We do know his life force, uh, his life forced him little by little and wave by wave to end up in a place where he would receive this job. And the entire jurisdiction of the military power was under Naaman's jurisdiction. So much so, if you read this story, he got 32 armies together to annihilate Israel. Let me tell you something. You know you're powerful when your enemies recruit, you, recruit to destroy you. You know, so you got somebody coming at you and they're trying to get a whole bunch of people, you know, to come at you. You need to look at them and say, you keep telling me I'm nothing. So if I'm nothing, why don't you just come at me by yourself? But the fact is, is you had to call my ex and you had to call everybody else who, who knew me in a previous season and everybody else to fight me. But you're telling me I'm nobody. But I'm telling you on this podcast right now that your enemies will tell you who you really are. You know why there's a great move of God about to come to America? Because we have so many enemies in this nation. We are on the brink of the greatest move of God that I believe this modern day generation has ever seen. But there are so many attempts to, to attack what God is trying to build up, what God is trying to sustain this nation in. I believe we are about to see worship go to another level. I believe we're about to see signs and wonders and healings and miracles happen in this nation. I believe it's, if, if we remain steadfast to run this race, and put God in the place he belongs in at the forefront of everything that's happening in our culture and not allow politicians to take his place, that we will see a mighty move of God. But the problem with most of us is that we think our lives are a culmination of our friends. So you wait for somebody to approve of who you are or what you do or what you say or what you think. Listen, your friends will never help you get to destiny. But pastor, you don't understand. I got great conservative friends. I've got great friends that believe in my political ideologies. Listen, you don't get to destiny by friends. You get to destiny by enemies. And I know there's a lot of the, you know, a lot is politically driven right now based on who you run with, because that's how intentional these politicians have become. That's how intentional our culture is right now to make sure that you run with people who believe the exact way you do. And if they don't believe the way you do, you don't need to run with them. You can't have them in your life. Listen, Peter had never gotten Jesus any closer to the cross. It was Jesus. And if you notice when God is talking to both of them, he gives them both a title that's surprising. Peter takes a knife out and cuts off the ear of a soldier to fight for Jesus. And Jesus says, Satan, get behind me. But yet Judas betrayed him. And he says, friend to Judas, whatever you came to do, do quickly. Maybe some of us, we've been thanking the wrong people. We thank all the people we run with. We need to be thanking the people who disagreed with us and have caused our life to be a living hell at certain times. 
You need to be thanking the, you know, the, the people who, who, who you thought you liked, but you really didn't. You need to be thanking people, you know, you know, who, who haven't had your back. You need to be thanking people who, who have thrown daggers at you and tried to stab you in the back and talk about you and say all kinds of things. Those are the people you need to be thanking because it's your enemies that elevate you and become a footstool for your tomorrow. That's why so many people have been in the same place because you've not had enough ripples in the water because you stay away from trouble all the time and you never want to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of you may be parents right now and you've got your children inside of the government school systems that we call public schools and there's all kinds of things happening in that public school that you don't agree with. They, they go against every fabric of your morality, of your identity, of your character, your integrity. And because you're afraid to take a step of faith and be a voice in opposition, you send your children into the lion's den every single day. And most Christian parents, believe it or not, are not praying over their children before they send them to school. Go be a voice, because let me tell you, there is something in the ripple that gets you closer to the reward. Go be someone that challenges the fact that your school may be still flying the Black Lives Matter flag. Go be a voice to make sure that your school is not teaching critical race theory. Go be a voice and make sure that your school is not trying to indoctrinate your child on the way that God created them and make them think that who they are is wrong and that God made a mistake. He did not make a mistake with your daughter. He did not make a mistake with your son. That's who he made them. That's who he created them to be. And that's how they need to be raised. I know there's many people that say, but you know, I, I've come from a, from a wealthy place and I've come from a, a good place and I live in a good zip code and that stuff doesn't happen at my school. Listen, Nathan, Na- uh, Naaman rather, he was a powerful guy. He was prosperous. He had a platform. Naaman was prestigious, but his whole life was upset by a three-letter conjunction called but. Naaman was a powerful person, but he was a leper. He was the captain of the army, but he was a leper. Naaman was wealthy with all of his resources, but he was a leper. He would have stars on his uniforms, but sores on his skin. On the surface of Naaman, it looked like he had victory, but on his skin, it looked like he was in the valley. So what he does is he keeps his uniform on his body all the time so nobody can see his skin. Come on, there's danger in letting your uniform be, be, letting your uniform be your skin. There's danger of letting your money be your skin. There's danger in allowing your title to become your skin. And here in America, we have covered up all of our fallacies. We've covered up all of our failures. We've covered up the fact that we're, we're trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. We've covered up the fact that we are a sinful nation. We've covered up the fact that we no longer look to God as the moral conscience and the moral conviction of our faith as we live our life, even for Christians. Christians no longer are driven by their faith and their moral convictions being led by the Holy Spirit. They are now being driven by what politicians tell them, by what their circle believes and how many friends they can keep in their circle and how liked they are in certain places, not just on social media, but in certain environments like work or school. And their little clubs they're a part of. They're they're more desiring to be light than they are to be right in their character. So they walk around with all of these character flaws. We in this nation try to hide every element of our failures, every fracture of our life. 
So today we've built a society of hiders and people who mask behind what they don't want you to see is the majority of relationships that we have. Nobody wants you to see the skin. No one wants you to see their flesh. No one wants you to see the real them. So we pretend what we are not to get people to accept what we are. But the problem is when I show you who I am, who I'm not, and you expect what I'm not, then you become frustrated when you find out who I really am. So my suggestion to each and every one of us is show people who you are and show them often. There are some people you need to stop hiding your fractures. You need to stop hiding the, the, the areas of your life that are not in order. Because you never know who God can put in place in front of you to help heal those areas and, and close up those, those broken places in your life. You can try to hide it, but God will always reveal it. When Moses was born, his mother thought it would not be robbery to hide him in the Nile River behind the brush. David, when he was hiding from his enemies, he went and hid in the cave of Adullam. Gideon was hiding in a wine press. Because we all go through seasons where we're hiding something. But I'm telling you on Shatterproof today, it's time to get rid of the disguise and come out from behind the mask because God cannot bless who you are pretending to be. Stop watering down yourself because people can't handle you at 100%. If you believe a certain way and you've got a certain conviction, then go and reflect that, represent that, be that everywhere you go. Be who you are and be it right now. Stop hiding. We've got to stop hiding coming to church and pretending that you're somebody you're not. If there's ever a place that you need to be, the real you, it's in the house of God. It's in the place where the people of God can come together as a family and pray for one another. And hear the word of God together and worship together. All of that unites you. All of that brings you together. And that's why the government over the past two years said don't get together. They did not want that gathering to shape and direct the morality and the convictions of your conscience. They wanted to tell you what to do. They wanted to direct your life and give you no option other than what they said. That's a ripple effect. It happens even in church. People will come and ask for my opinion or my thoughts on a certain thing. I'll be real with you. And, and a lot of times I'll hear what they're saying and I'm thinking to myself while they're sharing it with me, you are not going to like my answer. You are not going to like what I have to say. When I open up the scripture and I show you this, you're going to get offended. You're going to take it out on me and you're going to get mad because people do not value the truth anymore. They, it, it, it's like over the past 20 years, people have been serving a version of Jesus that they've created in their mind. I call it their grandmother's Jesus. They think that Christians have to be just like Jesus and hold a baby lamb in one hand and a staff in the other and walk around all meek and humble and never get upset at anything. That's grandmama's Jesus. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible took on the government. The Jesus of the Bible took on sin. The Jesus of the Bible went and sat with, with those who were, who were of, of, of different stature than, than, than those um, higher in the culture. He was not afraid to put himself in lowly places. But then he walked around and brought conviction to hearts and convictions to life to change the morality and shape the way in which the world would, 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 would think and be governed. And I'm so grateful he left us with the Holy Spirit. But politicians cannot take the place of the Holy Spirit. Politicians cannot take, the, take place of the voice of God that is speaking to you to lead you and to guide you. 
Do not allow Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in Congress to dictate the steps that you take in fulfilling God's plan and God's purposes for your life. There's a ripple effect happening in this culture right now. And God is calling for those who are holding out to stand up and be called out now. No more holding out. No more sitting there in your spiritual lazy boy, all comfortable, waiting for this season to pass. Get up and get yourself to work. You've got a culture to change. You've got school systems to change. You've got political uh, spaces to change. You've got a culture to impact. And that's why you've got to get out from hiding and expose who you are, expose your truth, expose your fractures, expose the areas of your life that are well, and, 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 and God has healed you in those places because there, there in that place, that's where your testimony is produced. If people can't see your fractures and can't see the places where God's made you whole because you've covered the whole thing, you've got no testimony. They want to see the places that God is working on you and people want to see the places where God has healed you. Could you imagine if you had to be like Naaman when he comes onto the scene? The Bible says that that um, um, uh, you know he's a leper and he had to do he had to say make a statement because anytime lepers or people that were considered unclean came around other people in public, they had to shout "unclean, unclean." So he had to announce what he had before he even entered a room. And I think it's about time we start letting people know who we are right now, so that people are not consumed by what they find out later. Because when you hide what you are, you cannot be accepted for who you can be. So you've got to drop the, drop the disguise. If you're in a place where you're living out this closet Christianity, how are you ever going to be who God's called you to be and do what God's called you to do? You've got to drop the mask. I wish I could have gone into the Garden of Eden and told Adam, you don't have to hide. You're already forgiven. Wish I could have told Moses, you don't have to hide your stutter. It's not necessary for your assignment. The problem is you're hiding the very thing that God intends to use. You're trying to hide your pain, but that's where your ministry is. I didn't want to go through what we went through the past two years. It was painful. I tell people all the time, I feel like I aged five or six years over the past two years because of the battle that I was fighting. But I wasn't covering and hiding who I was. I didn't agree with the government mandates. I did not agree with the government intrusion into our right and freedom to worship. So I stood against that. And believe it or not, I took all kinds of junk from pastors. There was all kinds of crap being written about me. All kinds of things were being said about me, but I stood firm. You and I have to stand firm in this culture for our faith, for our rights, for our freedom, for our morality, for our convictions, and for the virtues and character of heaven that God has released into our life to produce a harvest in this next generation. Listen, it's one thing to be humble, but it's another thing to be timid. And we've had way too many timid Christians because you can stand for truth and righteousness and, and be, be, be humble at the same time. So if you're listening to this, I'm calling you out of your timidity to walk into the boldness that God has created you to be because you're too, you're too smart to, to act this way. God's got too much greatness in your life for you to hide behind the, the fractures in the areas of your life that you think don't qualify you for a tomorrow. God's healed you in certain areas. Expose all that stuff. Let people see the testimony and the work that God is doing in your life. Don't be like the government where the government tries to hide all of its, 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 its immoral impractices. And then get up and say, the state of the union is strong. No, the state of the union is fractured. The state of this nation is not in a good place. And it's not up to politicians to heal this nation. 
Jesus told us to occupy until we come. It's our responsibility to take the territory that he's given us and occupy until he comes. And it's time for us to be who God has created us to be. Stop hiding. Stop masking. Go ahead and be the person that God has called you to be. You don't have to hide all of this stuff. God can heal those areas just like he did with Naaman. God can expose those areas to bring you into a place of realization that even though you're fractured, even though there may be some unclean areas of your life, if you give God the space, he can get in there and heal you and touch you and make you, hel- uh, make you healthy and make you whole again. Do not look at the framework that this government has put in front of us over the past two years and think that that is the framework by which we are to live our life. That is not the blueprint for our character. That is not the blueprint for our morality. He was a leper. There are areas of our life that are scaled. There are areas of our life that are not doing well. There's areas of our nation that are just like that. There's areas of our culture that are just like that. But I believe that God is about to open a door for his people if we will stop masking and hiding who he's called us to be. Don't fall into the trap of identity confusion and who God's called you to be. Because there is a spirit of confusion. There's a spirit of division. There's a spirit of intimidation. The spirit of Ahab and Jezebel is alive and well in this nation, as is the spirit of Herod. There's a spirit of death over America right now. But I speak life into you, abundant life, And I pray that wherever you are in your journey with God, that he would begin to call you out and put you in places where the greatness of God can be drawn out of you and you can accelerate your gift. You can accelerate the promises of God into your tomorrow. We are sowing for a generation that has yet to be created. Psalms tells us that when we praise, when we worship, we are praising for a generation that's yet to be created. So the fight right now over your life, over your calling, over your identity in God, the fight right now over our identity as a culture, it's not over right now. It's not over 2022. It's over 2023, 2024, and beyond. It's for generations to come. The fight is over my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and beyond. And I, I, I am so excited to see what God is going to do. I know it looks like hell is falling all around us, but I'm telling you, as sure as I'm talking on this podcast right now, I know deep in my spirit, as many people do over this nation, that God is about to release his spirit in an incredible way. Get ready because God is doing nothing more than positioning us. If we'll take this moment right now and seize this moment for the kingdom, God is positioning us you and I to be a part of the greatest move of God that this this culture has ever seen. But you got to come out and be exposed. You got to get in the middle of everything that's happening around you. Be light in the midst of darkness and see how God honors his word over your life. Listen, I'm praying for you. We are in this thing together. Connect with me on Instagram at Pastor Todd Callahan. Download our app by searching your app stores and your Google Play Store and looking for Ignite Church VT. You'll find us there or you can connect Connect with us online at ignitechurchvt.com. Everywhere you go, I pray God opens up a door for you. Go be salt, go be light, and change the world. I'll see you on the next episode of Shatterproof.